It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, March 16, 2022. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. There are still no visible schools of herring in Sitka Sound, but plenty of predators will be ready when they arrive. That's the report from Tuesday morning's aerial survey by the Alaska Department of Fish and Game. In a news release, department biologists report seeing predators widely scattered across the sound, with humpback whales remaining concentrated in the deep waters off of its scary rocks. The largest group of sea lions was observed off of Inner Point on Kruzoff Island. The department conducted one test set in the waters just east of Vitzcary on Tuesday morning. 39% of the fish sampled in the 50-ton set were females, but none had developed mature roe. The Sitka Sacro fishery targets large female herring whose egg sacs, or roe, are stripped and sold as a delicacy in Japan. The guideline harvest level for this year's fishery is just over 45,000 tons, the largest on record. However, weak foreign markets could limit the harvest to a much lower level. Sitka's Fish and Game Advisory Committee was recognized over the weekend by the Alaska Board of Fisheries. Board Chair Merritt Carlson Van Dort made the presentation Sunday morning. Here's an excerpt of her remarks. Before we break for lunch, I wanted to take a minute to recognize some exemplary service on an advisory committee. And uh, Heather Bauscher is the chair of the Sitka Advisory Committee. She was elected in the fall of 2020 following the resignation of a long-serving chairman. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, she embraced the new Zoom meeting, Zoom meeting format, created additional opportunities for members of the public to participate in the AC process. Through web conferencing technology, the Sitka AC held more than 20 meetings to address the Board of Fisheries Southeast Finfish and Shellfish proposals. And under Heather's direction, the Sitka AC held weekly meetings, sometimes, as she mentioned earlier, meeting twice and even three times a week to weigh in on local proposals and topics relevant beyond Southeast Alaska. As chair, Heather uses her position to facilitate constructive dialogue between members and helps focus the advisory committee activity into tangible formats, including letters, resolutions, and comments to governing bodies. And Heather, we just wanna thank you so much for your service and your exemplary leadership on the Sitka AC. Thank you. Well done, Heather, thank you. That was Board Chair Merritt Carlson Van Dort recognizing Heather Bauscher and the Sitka Advisory Committee, or AC, for its exemplary service. At her next appearance before the board, which came shortly after lunch, Bauscher credited her fellow committee members, 17 of them, all volunteers, and the many fish and game biologists who contribute to AC for making the process in Sitka exceptional. I want to say thank you earlier for that award. I was completely shocked and caught off guard and really appreciate it and want to express so much gratitude to the whole advisory committee because this wouldn't have gone this well if without all their support and mentorship and grateful to all the people in the community for working through us on all those meetings. The Alaska Board of Fisheries is the regulatory body in this state. It meets every two years to consider dozens of proposals for management of Southeast Alaska's fisheries, every one of which is vetted by a local advisory committee, or AC, like the one in Sitka. The Southeast Alaska Region 5 2A and 4A high school basketball tournament wrapped up in Ketchikan over the weekend. KRBD's Eric Stone has the roundup of the teams headed to state tournaments in Anchorage later this month. 
Ketchikan High School's Lady Kings beat the Juno Douglas Yada'at Kathle High School Crimson Bears 32-24 to win the 4A Region 5 Girls Championship. It was a tight game in the first half, but in the third quarter, Ketchikan's Lady Kings opened up a lead that would eventually propel them to a home court regional championship. Announcers Russell Thomas and Clark Slanaker narrated the final moments as the Lady Kings cruised to victory. And that will probably do it. They're just going to let the time run off the clock. Kehi going to be your Region 5 4A girls champions. Audio there from the KPU TV broadcast of the game. The Kehi girls are set to play in the 4A large school state tournament in Anchorage later this month. But the Juno Ketchikan rivalry went the other way in the boys' championship game. Ketchikan High School's Kings opened up a lead over Juno's Crimson Bears in the first quarter, but the Bears surged back in the later frames to make it a nail-biter. Juno tied it up in the final moments. Then, as Kehi inbounded after the basket... Two and a half seconds to go. And Carney steals it. Shot up. No. Get they, get it. they got it. They got, they got it. it. Count the basket. And the Kings blow it. And the Bears win it. What a finish. The win sends the Crimson Bears to the boys' 4A state tournament. Meanwhile, in the 2A tournament for mid-size high schools, the Metlakatla Chiefs beat the Petersburg Vikings 31-25 to punch their ticket to the boys' state tournament in Anchorage. The runner-up Vikings beat the Wrangell Wolves for the second boys' 2A state tournament berth. In the 2A girls bracket, the Wrangell Lady Wolves beat the Metlakatla Miss Chiefs to claim the 2A Region 5 crown and secure their spot in the state girls tournament. But the Miss Chiefs, undeterred, dominated the Haynes Glacier Bears to qualify for state as the 2A Region 5 runners-up. The 2A state tournament tips off on Thursday in Anchorage. The 4A tournament gets going next week, starting March 23rd. Despite public opposition, Juno is going to add a fifth cruise ship dock to its downtown waterfront. At its regular meeting on Monday night, the Juno Assembly voted 7-1 to to modify the plan. Prior to the vote, several members of the public testified against the change. Many said even though the change doesn't guarantee the construction of a new Norwegian cruise line dock, it does set the stage for one. Juno resident Laura Statz said she was concerned that a new dock would go against the city's plan to lower Juno's greenhouse gas emissions. Given the crisis that our climate is in, unless local government leaders rapidly prioritize serious change in, in reducing our greenhouse emissions, methane, reducing our carbon footprint at a community level, we're missing the only opportunity that we have left. Other residents were worried about the potential for increased traffic downtown and that not enough feedback had been collected for the public. Assemblymember Christine Wall proposed the amendment. She explained her reasons behind the changes at the meeting. I was afraid that if this ordinance passes tonight, that people would take it to mean that a cruise ship dock being built at the subport was a foregone conclusion. Wall said she wanted to make it clear that the Assembly would continue to consider community input before moving forward with another dock. Assemblymember Alicia Hughes-Scandies said she was concerned that they were putting the cart before the horse by taking another step toward a new cruise dock without fully considering the pulse of the community. I ask myself, what is the rush here? From Norwegian's perspective, I understand entirely and I appreciate their desire to build and begin, but we're not here to represent Norwegian's interests. We're here to represent the entire community's interests. Hughes Scandies was the only member to vote against the change. 
Alaska's state government expects to raise more than $3.5 billion more this year and next than it did in December. Governor Mike Dunleavy urged the legislature to send some of the money to Alaskans in the form of permanent fund dividends. He says the forecast is great news for Alaska. We're just asking the legislature to uh, talk to their constituents about um, the pain they're feeling right now and the ability to help alleviate that pain through at least the at least the $3,700 PFD. That amount is based on a combination of half of this year's draw from the permanent fund, plus an additional dividend to make up the difference between last year's PFD and what Dunleavy had proposed. The spring update to the revenue forecast was driven up by the recent high price of oil. The Department of Revenue projects oil will average more than $90 per barrel this year and $101 per barrel next year. Those numbers are substantially higher than the forecast in December. The PFD amounts that Dunleavy is asking for are the same numbers he proposed in December. Dunleavy says the state should save the projected surplus from the higher forecast. Last year and the year before, the discussion was, well, what are you going to cut? What are you going to take away? Um, We don't have to cut anything or take away anything this year. Revenue Commissioner Lucinda Mahoney issued a note of caution about the forecast. She wrote in a letter to Dunleavy that the forecast comes during a period of uncertainty. She also said that the forecast represents one plausible scenario within a range of potential outcomes. Ketchikan Independent Representative Dan Ortez says the price of oil may not remain as high as forecast. He caucuses with a mostly Democratic House majority. It certainly does make life easier in the legislature, easier in administration, in an environment where we have more revenue to deal with rather than less. So, you know, it it was a welcome forecast. However, I do think it was a little bit optimistic. Ortez says given the forecast, he would support increasing the amount of public education funding the state provides for each student. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitkins Against Family Violence have an online dessert auction that continues through 1 p.m. this Sunday, March 20th. Go to safv.org to access the auction site. Construction on the critical secondary water plant intake continues, so public access to Sawmill Creek in the Gary Paxton Industrial Park area, upstream of the ADOT bridge, is closed through Friday, April 15th. Contact the Sitka Public Works Department at 747-1804 with questions. The Sitka Health Needs and Human Services Commission meets at noon today via Zoom. Southeast Alaska Master Gardeners Association presents Weedy Wednesdays at noon, March 16th through April 6th. Each short presentation is followed by a panel answering gardening questions. For more information and to register, go to seak-mastergardeners.org. The local 4-H group explores the ways Southeast Alaskans celebrate and enjoy music at 3.30 p.m. on Wednesdays, March 16th through the 30th. Topics include biomusic, Native Alaskan music, and radio shows. Locations vary. Email aroseman at sitkawild.org for more information and registration. And the Sitka Planning Commission meets at 7 p.m. today at Harrigan Centennial Hall. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.